0: You are listening to
1: the Intangibles podcast. Welcome to the latest episode of the Intangibles podcast. Today, I have my friend Nick, Michael, and Stefan here to review the book "Eat That Frog." Um, "Eat That Frog" is written by Brian Tracy and is really a book about how to manage your workload and and be successful in your career. Um, I know there was a a lot of confusion when when I picked this book.
2: Um, Yeah, it's funny because uh, we were talking about ideas for our next episode and we're talking about books that we can review. And Justin sent us a link to this book called Eat This Frog and said, guys, this is our next episode. And I think this was actually on April 4th. (laughs) April 4th. (laughs) You know, we're all looking at our WhatsApp and saying, you know, are you serious? Like, are we actually going to do this? Is this a joke? Um, Justin ended up convincing us that no it was not a joke and Uh, it would provide the funny uh,
1: part is how long that took right (laughs) is this real what is this about Uh, so maybe it'll help if I kind of define what uh, eat that frog really relates to so it's it's the concept that Brian brings forward that you everyone has a set of tasks that they have to complete every day Um, And he calls them frogs because no one really wants to work, I guess. So just everything's a frog. Um, And his goal is that you take all of these tasks and you organize them into what is the most value add and you take like the highest value add item that you can do no matter how long it will take, no matter how difficult it is, no matter what the situation is and you eat that frog, you finish that task. Um, so that, that's kind of the, the title almost encompasses it once you understand like what he's talking about and he uses that reference constantly throughout the book about a frog. So, so that really is the, the high level concept of eat that frog. He fleshes it out further and goes into to more detail as to techniques and tools and how to implement this. Um, so let's start off with, with what we liked about this book. So thoughts guys on, on why you would, why you think this book had some value in it?
0: So, so one of the more valuable points I saw, and it's really good, whether you're starting out or you're, you're midway through your career, uh, it, it's the, the technique called the ABCDE method. And the whole point behind that is setting priorities. you you're, you're going to have a lot of stuff to do, um, different timelines, different stakeholders. You really need to be sure that the things you're doing first, those frogs you're eating first are the highest priority now it can be difficult sometimes to make sure that you've got these tasks categorized correctly um i mean he he talks about five different groupings i try to stick to three which is must do uh need to do and are nice to do And, and really i don't do anything that's Anything before I finish my must-do list, I'd
1: almost add another one that's like no value. Like there, uh, honestly, I have so many no-value things that
0: you can you, do. They're interchangeable, right? Because someone someone might want them, so they eventually need to get done. So they they they're nice to do, but they they're, they're they're minimal, right? But I I've seen in practice people that have reported to me or people of my peer that I've worked with that have this huge pool of of tasks to do and get completely overwhelmed by it because they don't know which one is is what they should do first and focus and they try to do them all at once or or, or in some mixture and, and what i would do is sit with them and say all right let's go through your entire list and work together trying to categorize these these tasks and then i tell them anything that's not in that bucket one don't worry about it and if someone comes to you and has an issue come to me let's let's talk about it uh, and that really helps them focus on a very small list of things to do and everything else. They know that I've got their support. Yeah. So, um, that's how I would do it. And I think the book suggests getting feedback on on it it and which is important because especially earlier on, or if you're not very good at knowing what's important or, or someone hasn't told you that you report to, uh, which is the most critical, you might guess wrong and that could have a really negative effect on you. So it's important to try it yourself because that's how you learn understanding what you're being asked and, and its value to the company, but then seeking feedback or, or getting guidance on have I done this right or is there something you want that I have maybe miscategorized.
1: For okay. sure. So like, yeah, I mean it's it's a great concept. And I think Nick, Stefan, I don't know if you guys agree that like making sure you know what is important if you're gonna employ this eat that frog technique that we outlined is probably the, the one of the most important things. You don't want to be prioritizing something which actually is of no value to anyone else, but you just made the mistake, right?
2: Like, for sure. I mean, if, if you make a mistake prioritizing, let's take an extreme example. The most useless things you do first and the most important things you do last you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's an extreme example, but prioritization is literally one of the most important things to get right. Um, when, when you're kind of following these, uh, you know, the guidance in the book.
1: I mean, if you come to your boss and he, you, you did everything that was least important to him and you thought it was the most important, I mean, I can just see that conversation where you come in with a big grin on your face and, like, hey, look what I did. And he's like, what? <laughs> That's all you did.
2: For sure. And, and I even do this now. Like, if I get uh, an email from the VP or, or a director or even from another department saying, hey, Nick, we need your help with this, um, I can generally tell what's important, what's not. But if I'm ever not sure, I'm going to ask the question and say, hey, you know, obviously, I have a lot going on. When do you need this buy? When are you hoping to get it by? Does this time frame work? Yeah. Just to confirm that my yeah. understanding is correct, uh, to, so I make sure my list is actually accurate.
1: So, like that general idea of like when, when someone assigns you work, you find out when it's due, why they need it, how it's gonna get done, right? Otherwise, sure. yeah, definitely everyone.
0: ask those questions up front. Because if you're asking those a week later, you might find out that it's due imminently, and it and was super important, and yeah, super important, <laughs> and you should have asked that, and. You know, they're they're going to question, well, does this person care? Yeah. As opposed to, like Nick said, I've got a lot of stuff to do. I just want to make sure I can sort it on my priority list correctly. So if I ask you this question now, I can know I'm putting it in the right bucket.
1: If I'm to look at what I really thought was valuable in this book, it's, it's actually what's in the title. It's that concept of eat that frog. I mean, I have been in so many situations where um, people start doing the tasks which don't, add value and it it's, going back to your point Mike and and Nick like they know though so it, it's not that they don't know that this item is of higher value or lower value it's just there's there's within people this idea of and this is what i attribute it to this idea of a gratification right where when i accomplish a task I get like that surge of, like, yeah, I did a good job, right? Like, I've I've succeeded in something. So, people end up doing this thing where they start doing these very small, quick, easy tasks, but they don't add value, right? And people
2: really like to check things off lists. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's short term gratification. It's such a nice feeling to cross that item Uh, off off a list, yeah. But really, if like your email is clean, it's
1: organized but that added zero value to the company, right? Like you've, <laughs> you've sorted out your email. Okay, great, awesome, you did that. You know, Maybe you're a little bit more efficient, but was that like the best thing you could have done with your time? And I, I, I almost envision it like you have this giant glass tank, right? And let's say there's, there's boulders, there's sand, and there's gravel, right? And the, the, that, those items are of equal volume to that cylinder that you have. If you put in all the sand at the beginning, and then you drop the boulders, and then you try to put the, or the gravel, and then you try to drop the boulders, what will happen is you will overfill. You don't have enough capacity in that cylinder, right? But if you throw in the boulders, and then you throw in the sand, the gravel, and then you throw in the sand, the sand will fill in and all the little gaps, the gravel will fill in all the gra- gaps. It will all fit in there. But what people do is they they start doing all the easy stuff first, and then they try to rush with the, the hard stuff, and going back to prioritization, they don't end up with enough time but if they just attacked all that big stuff first right um so for me eating that frog and i've seen it so many times it hurts it literally physically hurts me because i'll see people i'm like you you had you know you, you did that thing you gave me something which was of
3: some value but
1: then you skipped something which was so important right um Stephen, i don't know if you have any thoughts on this as well
3: no, i i completely agree with um with exactly what he's saying I think for me, what I had to do to like actually put this into action is I had to think of the reasons, like, why do I tackle all these small tasks first, which end up taking up all my time Yeah. Um, and then trying to figure out a way to eliminate that. Um, so if it's, you know, questions coming from other departments, then, you know, why, like, why is it coming to me? Why are people talking to me? I got to get rid of this. Um, so I found I had to take that extra step. Uh, so I would, you know, when that scenario i talked to other departments and say listen guys your point of contact is you know this staff member that works for me stop coming to talk to me unless it's an emergency (laughs) and so i had to take those actions to kind of get rid of because without doing that i just i feel as though i'm always trying to help people and if people keep coming to me i find it really difficult to say no so let me tackle that problem first and let me get people to stop coming to me so in a way like i don't want to be mean to them about it yeah yeah, yeah. if it's an emergency then yeah like coming. So it's a good point it's not just
1: eat the frog as he says like take on the hardest most valuable task it's also looking to build efficiency ongoing right so that that next task isn't that hard the next time it comes around
3: yeah and i found that approach worked best for me because i know it's going to happen every single week like i mean for that one week could i get away with just uh, like handling that you know, that most important task and like eating that frog. Yeah, I can. But if this is going to be like a reoccurring problem every single week where all these small tasks keep, you know, building up and I feel this urgency to tackle those small tasks first, but let me get rid of those. Let me figure out why all these small tasks are coming to me and how do I eliminate them so I don't have to deal with that problem every week. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So I think that's, that's kind of, and, and, I think it's probably going to lead in eventually into a second point, but I think that's really the main crux of what I would
2: say was like value add out of this. I know Mike, your point and, and the concept of eating that frog. I just wanted to add that in the book he does talk a lot about procrastination and kind of your work mentality. Um, you know, He makes this point and you know, he brings up these points that you know you don't really notice, but when he calls them out, you say, you know what, that actually does have a big impact. One example is he talks about starting and stopping a task. Uh, And I see this all the time uh, with individuals on my team. The people who actually sit down and work through the task generally get that job done in, let's just say, an hour, whereas the people that take a lot of breaks, go get a coffee, go to the washroom, go talk to somebody, it takes them a lot longer than an hour in terms of cumulative work time. So it really is inefficient. And if you're real, if your goal is to actually tackle priorities and, you know, get items off your list as soon as possible, sometimes it is just better to sit down and don't get up until it's done.
0: Well, I think just to add to that a little bit, Nick, is, you know, maybe it's not their choosing. They're, they're sitting down trying to do that work and they're constantly being interrupted by others. And and I do see this because people have needs, but it's to have the concept of I'm working on something high, high priority. I need to say, no or not right now to someone interjecting so I can keep working on this task. Yeah, that's a really good point. I've
1: seen people book meetings. Like literally they book a meeting in their schedule. So it looks like they're in a meeting and they just block that time off. Yeah, And if you actually look in their calendar, it'll say like um, whatever their work time or unavailable time or something like that. And I've seen it actually three or four times with different people who are very successful. I I do this. I do this regularly
0: because meetings can pop up or come in when you really need to work on something. And people will typically respect your calendar. Not always, but they typically will. And if I block off a whole chunk of time for certain things, then I'll be able to focus in that hour or in those two hours strictly on that task. Yeah. But if I'm always available and people keep coming to me because they, they, they assume I'm available, then I'm gonna get distracted and, and pulled off course pretty quickly.
1: For sure. So I think that's a, that's a great summary of what we really liked out of this book. What are your guys' thoughts on, on the weaknesses?
0: It was very, 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 very repetitive. Repetitive, repetitive, repetitive.
1: <laughs> Mike, you, seem, you Mike, seem. What was it? <laughs> it was very repetitive. You seem to be strongly have a strong opinion on this. <laughs> the, no, concepts,
0: the concepts he had in there were 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 good and they're useful. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but he seemed to say them over and over again in different ways, which, from a, an effective use of your time reading a book,
2: maybe not the best.
1: Yeah.
0: So I.
1: How, how many
2: points did he have in total? I lost count, actually. There's so,
1: over 20. There's definitely yeah. over 20. Um, he had... And so here's the thing. It's, it's funny. It's repetitive, but there's a lot of points. I like something which is concise. So it's it's funny you say it's repetitive, Mike, because for me, the big concept, which I think would help a lot of people, was kind of banged at you several different ways and several different um, uh, techniques. And... I think there is some value in that, in that, you know, you, you're, you're going to absorb it. But it was odd that at the same time, there were like lots and lots and lots of points, which if I kind of separated out, like he, he didn't, he had one major point, he hit a lot. And then he had a ton of tiny points. And I really didn't absorb as many of those tiny points. I felt like were, they were they there and they're not that they weren't irrelevant. They were completely irrelevant, but um, he had lots of points, uh, which I wasn't a... It just didn't
2: resonate with me, I I would say. Um, Yeah, I would say he talks about the 80 20 rule in his book. Um, He implemented it. (laughs) And I think in the book, (laughs) 20% of it is the most valuable, and 80% of it is probably like, doesn't add as much value as that
3: 20%. Yeah, personally. So to to clarify. And that that 20% that's most important is what's going to add the 80% value to it. Yeah, yeah.
1: So that, exactly, Stefan. Thank you. So that's the concept. I mean, 20% of your work will add 80% of your value and it looks like the 20% he spent talking about it was
0: (laughs) most of the value of the book. Um, Well, I think another challenge for me or or maybe a bit of a dangerous point was all about the lists. Now, obviously we said prioritizing is good. Make a list to prioritize. One list. The amount of lists and sub-lists and daily lists and monthly lists was a little bit out of control and and quite frankly I find would be... um, inefficient. Uh, so I think, I think you need to be careful with some of these points uh, from my perspective. I don't need 50 lists. I yeah.
1: Don't. I think it was a master list, monthly list, weekly list, daily list. So you'd probably spend, you'd have to have on those lists, a point making list, right? <laughs> like- <laughs> I, 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 I might
0: have a master list, all the key stuff I have to do. And yeah. if I'm working on a particular critical task, I might have some subtasks to that. Yeah, And that would be where I'd cap it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I I think the most important point, you know, you want to decide what kind of list is going to provide you the most value, whether it's a daily, weekly or monthly, but you don't want to look at things on a day to day basis necessarily. You want to have that foresight to say, okay, what is next week going to look like? What is next month going to look like? Um, You don't necessarily have to make a list for all that stuff, but you do. you will need to keep that those things in mind um, and make sure you are prioritizing um, over the, over longer periods of time, or at least not forgetting about things that might be on a longer time frame. Well, yeah. well you're being organized, right? It's as sure. simple as that. Stay organized.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I think, uh, so that's a, that is a definitely a weakness. Um, another one, I think that we talked about was the fact that he didn't really have any examples in this. Right. Yeah. Um, if I'm, if I'm to kind of mirror it, cause we just did our book review on how to win friends and influence people like that was, that had examples in it. So you could clearly see how the technique should be applied in this case. He was just, it's all theory thrown at you, right? Like, um, and it's not a, I, I don't want to say it's completely negative because the theory is good, but on the flip side, it would have been a little easier a read. I think if there was a, an example or
2: two in there, um, For sure. I mean, it would just make it a little bit more enjoyable, kind of show you examples of how certain things can be implemented and what the result uh, of that might've been in a certain situation. Um, But obviously, you know, if you're going to, if you load it with examples, you know, the book will get longer. So.
1: And it's already repetitive. Yeah. It's already repetitive. (laughs) Right. So you might get
2: a lot of similar examples, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Any other thoughts? No. Um, So. If we were to go around and say, like, would we recommend this book? Um, so I already recommended it to all of you guys. <laughs> Even though it was April Fool's, he didn't think I was actually recommending a book. <laughs> um, so I recommend reading this book. I think all the weaknesses we kind of outlined are important, but um, I know I, I spoke to the guys about this. In, in my opinion, if you're not doing the concept of eat that frog and prioritization um, in your day to day job and, and, and work, doing that will have a 180 degree change on your career. You'll suddenly be the guy who's performing or girl who's performing incredibly well versus before you were probably just doing work and people were like, ah, it's this guy person's okay. Um, so I would recommend this book, um, to, to people which are starting out in business. Uh, guys, your, your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I I would definitely recommend it as well. Um, you might not apply everything in the book, but I think it's a really good summary, um, of, of all the skill sets that you should have, especially when beginning your career. Yeah. Um, I would, yeah, I would definitely recommend it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, there's a lot of things in here that I didn't always do, especially earlier on in my career. But once I started implementing them, um, I did notice the benefits. And when we were reading this book for the podcast, I said, hey, you know what? What he's saying is true because I remember when I didn't do this and now that I do, it has made a big difference. So yeah. even though, again, things might be repetitive, it might not be the most enjoyable or uh, exciting book to read, there still is a lot of value add in there. Even if you take you know, those three, four main points that he comes up with and you start implementing them, then it will have a big impact. So on that basis, I would recommend it because there is a lot of value in there. Is it the most enjoyable book to to read? No, but it's still worth reading. And one of the, I I
1: didn't mention this, it just came to mind. Like one of the nice things about this book is it has a little bit of a instant value add, right? Because if you're not doing this, you read this book and you implement it, you get the gain quick, right? I know we reviewed how to to win win friends and influence people. That's a soft skill you kind of have to build this isn't as difficult to kind of start implementing. So, um, Mike, what, so what are your thoughts? No, yes, read the book, don't read the book.
0: For me, uh, if you struggle with some level of procrastination and you think it's affecting your performance, definitely read the book. Otherwise, uh, I'm sorry, but I, I probably would say don't. Uh, there are some good concepts, but you can probably find these somewhere else online, even how to, how to organize, how to, yeah. uh, how to simplify what you do on a daily basis. But, but if you do struggle with that, I think like you mentioned, although it's repetitive, 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 it does hit you on the head different ways. And maybe one of those ways is the one that sinks in and and drives you to that instant improvement. And I think that's where the impact would be for those
2: individuals.
1: Yeah to all you procrastinators please read the book (laughs) yeah and and
2: try to do it in as little sittings as possible because it's going to take you longer if if you keep taking breaks that's right (laughs)
1: implement it just sit there and read it for the next two days don't go to work don't eat sleep exactly all right so uh i think that's everything from us uh we'll be back to you guys with another episode soon